Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly, the week two of the 2021 season. This is your source for all things Charlotte 49ers baseball. As always, this is Nick, joined by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Coach Woody. Hey, everyone. Producer Brad. Hey, hey. All right, we're trying something a little different because, well, technology is what technology is. Uh, Twitter is giving us some issues right now, and I think I think possibly if you're watching us, you may be seeing us on YouTube right now, um, which means they can can they see us, producer Brad? Uh, looks like they can. They can. Okay, we apologize for the fact that you can see us. Uh, if this is working out there in the Twitterverse uh, on the internet, just let us know. Tweet at us. Say something. Um, how's everybody doing? All good. Good to see you guys. How's it feel to be three and zero, Coach Woody? Feels good. You know, I'm excited for our guys. It's been it's been a long time since we got to see another uniform, and really pleased with just really all facets of, of everything from their level of play to their energy last weekend, and trying to carry it into a good week of practice here and get ready for William and Mary. All right. Well, guys, we got we got some. This is fun. This is great. We're transitioning and talking about actual baseball. Um, there's a little something we need to make reference to before we, we get on. I'm just going to talk about the, the elephant in the room. Um, as of yesterday, uh, Governor Cooper uh, made an announcement that affects all North Carolinians, changing um, some of the, the limitations on, um, well, everything from bars and restaurants, sporting events. Um, we have paid a close attention to this, of course, because like everyone else, we all want to be back in the haze. Um, it, it sounds like right now that the details of how all this is going to play out at, at UNC Charlotte are still being ironed out. Um, I, I can tell you from, from talking to some folks that, that the, I think we said this last week and it's still true. Our administration wants fans in and to see the Niners as much as anybody, just as soon as they can figure out how to do it within the guidelines that are that are laid out. So all that stuff we've been asking today, I promise you, we've been trying to trying to get answers about this. Uh, it's all being talked about. It's all being worked on, and and I know that they are they're going to find the right solution just as quickly as they can. You think think that about sums it up, Coach Woody. Yeah, no, I think you said it perfectly. I mean, it's like it's uh, things have been fluid since you know, middle of last March, you know, and so it's just part of it. And there's um, we're certainly, um, cert- you know, we're always. I think this day and age, I think we're all excited to hear any any good news that comes about and and more progress moving towards um, you know quote unquote normal, you know, returning to it. So, but but yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, we'll. Um, you know, still iron out the details, making sure that we, we cross our T's and dot our I's in terms of, um, you know, executing the governor's plan for, for moving towards reopening, um, you know, and making sure that we're, we're keeping the athletes and, and all the attendees safe while doing so. So, um, you know, there should be, you know, some, you know, I just got off the field. So honestly, I haven't even checked my email yet. I'm sure there could possibly be something in my email inbox right now that I haven't seen, um, you know, so as soon as, as soon as there's anything on the baseball side, we'll certainly let our fan base know and um, what that looks like. We're heading in the right direction, though, Kevin. We are. We are. Um, I got a feeling we'll be fans in the haze soon. Yeah, this is we, we are. We're on the road back. That's that's the thing. That's what feels so great. Had to feel good for you, Coach. Um, getting back on on the field after the way everything and that, that well-documented ending to last season. But we get back on the field uh, last weekend. You get the sweep over over Moorhead State. Really in convic- convincing fashion, 12-4 on Friday, 18-3 on Saturday, um, and then grind out a 4-2 victory on, on Sunday. Um, what you, what'd you see from your team? What what do you, what'd you come away with? Well, I mean, no, I was just they, – they, they seemed ready to go, you know, I mean, that's, that there was no, if there was any, if there was any question as to, you know, are we ready or you know, we're not ready yet? They seemed, they seemed really ready to go. So um, I thought they were, I thought they were really, I thought they came out of the gate. They played really well in all facets. And, and um, you know, like you said, uh, we had a really good test on Sunday. 
thought it was a really great credit to our guys for showing up on Saturday and Sunday with the mindset that runs don't carry over from the previous day. And it's a, it's a fresh start each and every day, just like it will be this weekend. And we've got we've to show up with the same, same, if not even more so, cutthroat, you know, mindset because, um, you know, I mean, each and every each and every game that went by last weekend, you can, you can feel more at State's competitiveness and they were bringing it. So um, give our guys credit for, you know, for matching that. I really give them credit, Morehead State. Um, for those of you that don't know, they they squeezed in an extra game uh, on the on the trip after after losing eighteen three on Saturday. They traveled to Davidson, where oh, what was it? Was it sixteen to eight? I think they 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 lost to Davidson. But anyway, they played they played another game after ours, and quite frankly, I mean, I mean, I wasn't really. I'm not saying this, but I'm thinking, right, that, man, they've taken two beatings, and then they go to Davidson, and, and they, get, they play another tough game on Saturday night. Sunday, they're going to be tired. Those guys, they're, what, what, how, where are they going to be at on Sunday? And they came back, and they fought. I mean, they played – they probably – they really played their best game mm-hmm. on, on Sunday. So credit to them for, yeah, for having I mean, that, kind of, that kind of grit. Yeah, I mean, Coach, Coach Aoki, he's a long time um, – very respected, successful head coach, and uh, he's been at you know Boston College and Notre Dame for a long time. Had a lot of success at both of those schools, and um, you know his alma mater is, is Davidson. So I think when they had the opportunity to go play there, it was you know something that was really important to him. So um, you know, and they and, and like you said, I, mean, I just I, I was incredibly impressed with the toughness and resiliency they showed. Um, you know, in terms of that bus ride and. 36 innings of baseball and um, they battled. They gave us, they gave us, you know, it was a really, really hard fought weekend. So um, that was, again, credit to our guys. But, um, you know, also, um, you know, I think it's uh, worth acknowledging too. I mean, this time of year, they're, they haven't been outside a whole lot. You know, they've been, um, I mean, they've been, um, they've been inside in gyms and stuff. So you could see over the course of the weekend the progression of their level of comfort their timing um, on those types of things. So um, that's going to be that, that team. That team could be right there in the thick of it in their conference there when it's all said and done. That's a that's a really offensive club um, that's well coached. Yeah, and I mean, but the overall thing, just this, what a great weekend! <laughs> Baseball back on the diamond, right? I mean, just can't say that enough. <laughs> no, it felt great. Oh, great to. I mean, we've been scrimmaging. You know, we've been scrimmaging since September. So uh, it was the first. It was the the first time that our our coaching staff, our players, our support staff were all on one dugout, or one side of the field. I mean, we were we were spread out um, past the first base dugout and up in the seats, um, just doing our best to to not you know to keep everyone safe, avoid contact tracing as much as possible during the course of the game. Um, and you know, but it was the first. It was the first time we were all together. You know, and that was it was. Wasn't sure how it was going to feel when everybody spaced out, but it was the energy was high, and, and I thought our I thought our team chemistry all weekend was great. Yeah. Would, would you do you think it's safe to say that that uh, our um, there's a, you mentioned the energy? I mean, our our guy, especially down there, uh, the the guys that aren't in the game in the in the bullpen, not the bullpen, where the pitchers are hanging out down there past the dugout. Yep. Those guys are fired up, are they not? Fired up, yeah. They, it is. A, it is. You know, I mean, it's like a like a lion's cage over there. I don't know. Something, something's over there. We heard that area might have a nickname. Does it? I don't. I couldn't tell you. Um, but it's 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 a ton of energy, and and you know, it's tough to get Andrew Lindsay to smile, and uh, especially on game day. And you could see him coming in, and those guys are, you know, they're all hanging over the rail and smacking the pushing the fence, and you know, getting everybody going. You could see, you could see Andrew start to start to get a little bit of a smile there, um, you know. So it's it's good, it's good vibes down there from uh, in that section for sure. We right got, there on the on the fence past the dugout on the right hand side down there. What what for the old timers that what would have been a picnic area before they built the. Uh, they built the indoor facility uh the the, the pitchers that are, aren't in the game are are i mean it's it's like a thunder thunderdome kind of 
the scene there where everybody, I mean, right, Kevin? I mean, it looks like a Thunderdome yeah. kind of scene where they're beating on the, on the fence and, and they're, they're getting it going. It's, it's crazy. We've never had anything like that. It's about 15 desks set up, you know, six to eight feet apart, spread out. And, uh, you know, we use, we use walkie talkies to communicate with the bullpen during the game and let guys know, you know when to start stretching out, moving around and start throwing that sort of thing. We actually had to buy some extra walkie talkies. So, we have a walkie-talkie in that section. We have a walkie-talkie in the bullpen, and we have a walkie-talkie in the uh, section one of the three right by our dugout. And that way, um, Cobra and, and a little, little inside, I guess, but uh, Cobra one is the bullpen. Cobra three, I'm Cobra two apparently. Cobra Cobra three is the desk area, and Cobra four is the section one of the three. So. Um, I'll, I'll basically call down if a player's in section 103, I'll say Cobra 4, need so-and-so stretching out, moving around, or I need so-and-so in here ready to hit. Cobra 3, I need somebody going down. I, know I need so going to the bullpen. Cobra 1, I need this pitcher. I need these two pitchers getting going. I need two catchers. I mean, it's uh, it's really challenged my uh, my walkie-talkie skill, but um, we've got multiple Cobras, and it's, um, you know, it, it's – so wait a minute, that we just, we just broke some news here. Your your call sign is Cobra Two. I'm 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 Cobra, I'm Cobra Two. Bullpen, just like Cobra One is is the bullpen, and that's been it so, <laughs> since I've been since I've been coaching. You know, that's always been kind of my call sign for the bullpen communicator, Cobra um, or Cobra One, and and they always usually call me Cobra Two. But now we actually, but now we have Cobra Three and Cobra Four in the mix. So, um, you know, let me know if you guys need a walkie-talkie. We can make you guys, you know, Cobra Five or something. I'm we, just thinking we cover. Yeah, we cover forty-nine. There you go, Cobra forty-nine. <laughs> what do you guys think about? What do you guys think about that pitch call? We need to do something different. <laughs> throw strikes. <laughs> okay, Cobra forty-nine. What should we throw right here? What do you guys want to throw? I, I think there's meme potential here. Knuckleball. Oh, already. Absolutely. Well, we'll work on that. We'll work on our meme game around Cobra Two here. That may be that may be our how we refer to you from now on, Cobra Two. So, Coach, last year we got into the habit of you guys as a staff have a a, a much broader list of weekly awards beyond just like Player of the Week, Pitcher of the Week. You guys go way deeper than that. And we kind of got in the habit of, of going through those, and it gave us a chance to talk about a lot of cool stories. Let's keep that going uh, and, and work through uh, what you guys did as a coaching staff and, and the, the awards that you handed out based on last weekend's performances. Yeah, no, every week, every week we've got about six or seven categories that we try to really like once we, once we get off of a weekend series, we try to, uh, or including midweeks, we start a new week. We like to acknowledge the individuals or the groups of parts of the team that we felt like really um, were worthy of acknowledgement. Um, we pride ourselves on pitching and defense, so we, we usually start with the defender of the week um, and kind of work our way there through um, different categories. So, um, yeah, if we just want to roll through those, I'll, I'll lead off. Our defender of the week this past week was Aaron McKeith, and he was our he caught twenty five of twenty seven innings. Um, I think we punched out our pitching staff punched out 45 and 27 innings and uh, there was only one stolen base allowed. So, um, you know, the other side of things too, now that we have TrackMan in our stadium, we're able to kind of go back and get some information on some, um, you know, post-game player performance and that type of thing. And one thing that really stood out to us was that Aaron actually had 33 pitches that were quote unquote balls or outside of the strike zone that we got called strikes. So you know, it's about 11 a game. Um, outside of the strike zone box, which, um, you know, that, that we've that, that he, he enabled our pitching staff to gain. So um, that was that was pretty, you know, really credible to see. And, and um, thought he just did a tremendous job behind the plate for us. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned he, uh, he threw one, one guy out this week. One. Um, okay. So that, that was a real area of emphasis, too, over the offseason. I know for you guys. Yeah, on, on, on pitchers, catchers, defense, everybody, you know, it was, it, was, it was one of the most, you know, 
one of the biggest team focuses for us to improve upon was, was that phase of the game. You know, if everything gets a little bit better and that gets a lot better, then, you know, good things can happen. So um, felt like we, you know, we, we, you know Aaron's really, um, you know, he did a tremendous job for us this past weekend, you know, and Jacob Whitley got in there and, 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 and caught some as well. And, and I thought he did a great job and he's just, he's a tremendous worker. Um, so, you know, Keiko wasn't back there. Um, this past weekend he played right, but, um, you know, I thought both of our catchers, but Aaron in particular, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I thought overall this weekend uh, we played very clean defensively and uh, uh, that translated to the three wins on the on the, in the school board. So, um, it, like you said, if you pitch and play defense, you're going to win a lot of games. So, uh, we, we definitely did that this weekend. Um, great segue into pitcher of the week. Uh, Nick, 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 and I in our old days, we we would do pitcher of the week and, and hitter of the week. So we, we'll we'll jump in and and mention our, our our starting pitcher of the week and see if it matches up with what you got. Um, it probably always it probably will. Um, we ended up going with Andrew Lindsay as our starting pitcher of the week. Um, made his debut on Friday. Uh, I think he struck out six in six innings. I think he had a perfect game going through one. I mean, going through uh through five innings. Um, and allowed the one hit in the sixth, but uh, I'm wondering, did you take him out or did you leave that to uh, Coach Miney, like you, you mentioned in our, our previous show? Yeah, I mean that was that was <laughs> that was my decision, but uh, you no, know, it's both. I mean, it's Coach Miney and I. Every anything involving pitching, it's you know, it's definitely the two of us, along with the whole staff. You know, our whole staff's involved in pitching decisions as well. But you know, um, anything involving pitching, certainly Coach Miney and I for sure, and. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a long season. And, and so, did we get that one right? That, well, yeah, we're, we, we're, we uh, Andrew was our starting pitcher, and it was tough. This, week, but, uh, you know, he, he was our he was our starter starting pitcher of the week. Well, you said All last right, so week so we're doing better on that, Kevin, than we did on our lineup. Well, you're good. Yeah, I know, Coach. You said last week he's a fierce competitor, and you were uh, regretting, or you you were dreading having to be the one to take him out of a game. So um, I was when he was going along in there in the fifth inning, I was wondering um, what was going to happen in the, in the, in the sixth. but uh, yeah, he had a great first uh, performance as an honor and um, uh, got the W for us. Yeah. He was outstanding. He was just fun to watch. And, and you know, I think our defense, our team really, off of, you know, the energy that he brings when he leads the, the weekend off for us on the mound and, and I think the other guys get to watch can watch him and say, like, you know, that's how it's done. And that's what I'm going to do with my turn. So, he's a good good tone setter for sure. So, what else you guys got awards-wise? Awards-wise, on the pitching side, um, you know, our go, you know, our, our whip, our walks and hits for innings pitch was also Andrew. I mean, you only when you don't walk anybody and you give up one hit and you throw six innings, you're, you're probably going to be a good candidate uh, for, for winning that award. So, Andrew won that award as well. And then on the pitching side, too, we gave our, our, our reliever of the week actually went to two individuals. The first one was Colton Shrebensky, who made two appearances. And uh, his first appearance was um, was really short, I think, through six or seven pitches. And he came back uh, the next day and a bases loaded jam and got a big two-out ground ball, um, followed by, um, you know, two innings, two innings after that to – you know, to hold the lead there on Sunday. So, you know, he was our first reliever of the week, and that was just outstanding to see, um, you know, him compete. And then uh, Matt Brooks was the other reliever of the week as he came in and, and made his first appearance in um, almost two years and was just outstanding. I mean, I think he, he threw two innings. He punched out five of the six outs he recorded. And, um, you know, he just – he he attacked hitters with tempo and pace. And, um, you know, it was – you know, somewhat of a goosebump moment, I think, for a lot of people, certainly our coaching staff. And um, the neat thing is, like, it's it's a, certainly a feel-good story. But, you know, he's he's he's, re, he's rebuilt himself back into, you know, something special. And he's going to be a guy for us on the mound in um, whatever role that is. And, you know, it just couldn't happen to a better person. And the way he came in, I mean, that, that first inning of his, I mean, he just – he was just dominant. I mean, he came in just striking guys out. It was it was fantastic. Yep. It was awesome. So those are those are our pitching awards. You know, we mentioned our defender of the week. Um, 
you know, our two position player awards, um, our quality of bat leader, we have a, you know, we have a point system, um, you know, to, to no surprise, it was Craig Keichel and Austin Knight, uh, you know, are, are getting down there, all the way down there, five to eight awards, doing all that kind of damage, um, you know, which, you know, but they just had a tremendous, they had a tremendous weekend. I mean, Craig also made plays in right, Austin made some great plays at third, um, you know, we, we don't win that game on, on Sunday if Austin doesn't have that swing of the bat there for the three-run home run. I mean, it was just uh, really, really, really fun to watch and um, great start. It was a great start for them, so I was excited for them. Um, you know, so they both, you know, they, they both took our quality of bat uh, leader of the week at, at 22 points each, and then they were also our co-position players of the week. So, um, you know, they just – Got off to a really hot start. We're going to try to, you know, see if everybody else can just hit like that and we'll be all right. <laughs> That's right. Well, well your picks uh, lined up with ours again on that. We, we did a co-player of the week, co-hitter of the week. So, um, we did Austin Knight and on uh, Keiko. Um, they put up some big numbers. Uh, there were a lot, of, a lot of others to choose from as well. So, uh, it's good when you have a lot of, lot of uh, top performers for the week to choose from. So, uh, we had it on the pitching side and on the offensive side. So, I mean, like you said in, in the post game, that um, uh, you, you're not relying on one person to, to carry the load. You got you disperse it throughout the whole lineup. So, uh, I think everybody got in on the action. Even uh, guys brought off the bench, uh, made some some key key at bats and and key defensive plays. So, uh, we couldn't really ask for a better weekend as far as a team team weekend as far as getting three wins. I think everybody contributed uh, that that played. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, it was uh, it was fun for us. I mean, every time, I mean, every, when every hitter walks up to the plate, whether they start or they come in over the course of the game, you know, right now I feel like every one of them is going to do something to help us. You know, whether it's get a hit or draw a walk or or move a runner or whatever it may be. I mean, I just really really like the balance and the depth that we showed this past weekend and. That continues. That's going to serve us really well, um, you know. And, and uh, it was great to see. It's nice when you start a game, you know, you know, not relying on one one individual to you know, provide the bulk of your offense. So we can feel like we can score different ways. That's a good thing. I, you know, I haven't gone back to the record book on this, Kevin, but you got to go back a ways to think about a a, a more um, a more impressive debut. Uh, in a Niner uniform than what Knight did this weekend at, at the plate. I mean, just the whole – to come out of we, – we've been hearing about this guy for a while, and to see him come and, and do what he did in that first weekend, I mean, was – I mean, that was pretty impressive. I mean, not that – I mean, we knew what we had with Craig. I mean, we, we, we know we're, – we're longtime Craig Keichel fans here, be a man, Craig. Um, so, we're, that's well documented, but Knight just came in – you know, right off the bat and was just dominant in that debut. Um, we actually did, you know, we're into the science here, coach. I knew that. We actually did a little scientific research on this. Uh, we, we follow the science here at, at Diamond Nine Report and Diamond Niners Weekly. Um, we, we have it on good authority that, that after, after that big performance on Saturday, that, that night had steak for dinner mm. and that, well, no, Friday night he had steak. Saturday night he had a hamburger. The common theme here is beef. So when, when, when Austin Knight eats beef, you heard it here first, folks. When Knight has beef, big things happen. So beef, that's what's for dinner. On it. Make sure we we're, keep Well, we're, we're thinking about just buying some cows or something and, and just and making sure he's supplied because – there's apparently a correlation between between beef and dingers from Austin Knight. Apparently, Coach. Uh, another good story from the weekend. Uh, speaking of relievers, um, Sam Grace. Uh, you mentioned on Twitter that uh, almost a year from his injury, his knee injury, he comes out and and closes out our weekend as a. He got our only save of the week um, and their only save opportunity. Uh, can you talk, tell us a little bit about his story? Yeah, no, I mean, Sam's a great story. I think he's been training at P3 in St. Louis since he was 15 years old. So, um, you know, he's, he knows 
Coach Miney and Coach McKibben with us for a long time, even you know, longer than we've known them. And uh, you know, and then and then uh, we obviously recruit Sam out of Jeffco in Missouri, and uh, really um, just a really really uh, talented junior college program. And uh, you know, he's I think he's a year ago to the appearance this weekend. He, he was going to field a ground ball or, or cover a cover right side and. And he hurt his knee really badly and, um, you know, and it required surgery. So, um, you know, it's really incredible. Um, it's really incredible for him to have gone through that and then have the surgery to, to train and rebuild himself back up. He was hit to fall with us with an L screen in front of them just because we wanted to be cautious of any type of comebackers and we want to remind him to not go, go cover. Um, you know, but I mean, he pitched all fall for us. I mean, he was up to, you know, I think he was up to 95 in his first bullpen here with us uh, in September. I mean, you think about that, it's like five months post-op. He's, you know, he's back up to 95 with, you know, post-knee surgery. It's just incredible. And you can only do that with um, really tremendous doctors and tremendous uh, physicians and, and you know, physical therapists and, and strength coaches and people around you and, and, and work ethic. I mean, it just, I mean, he lived and he breathed his rehab and it's not glamorous, you know, I mean, that's, that's when, when guys go through a rehab process, it's, you know, it's a lot of, you know, I won't call it lonely, but it, it's, it's, you, you can be on an Island at times when you're rehabbing. And, and um, so it's just all the credit in the world to him for coming back and, and as he has, and he's only, you know, each time he's out there, you know, we know he's just going to be more and more comfortable. So, you know, to come in and slam the door like that on the weekend was was certainly great to see. I'm excited for him. Yeah, and I think you guys have you had the uh, leadership uh, effort attitude award to to talk about as well. Yeah, we um we get we gave it to the uh, the peanut gallery down the first base side. <laughs> <laughs> the peanut gallery down the first base side. I mean, they uh, it's just it's. it's you know, they're creating their own energy. They're creating their own electricity that, you know, with us not having fans and, and we kind of have to have to self-create it. And uh, to those guys credit, they did. And, you know, I mean, I, I'll say this, Ryan Chanskowski, he's front and center right there in the thick of it. Um, you know, he's, he's there. And then, you know, we, he, he gets, you know, he's, he's pulling, couldn't be the best, you know, couldn't be a better teammate or a better leader for everybody. And then gets in the game um, there in the, the ninth inning on Saturday and, and gives up a, a seeing eye double down the left field. And you kind of see him just kind of do one of these. And then he goes strikeout, strikeout, strikeout to end the game. And um, I mean, just, you know, you could just feel the energy from all those guys down, down that side, because um, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a really, really, you know, unique chemistry and bond amongst uh, this team. Um, certainly, this pitching staff, but this this team right now, and and it kind of it kind of centers around that area. It seems right now, which you know, truthfully, when we started setting that area up for the first time, I had my concerns about spreading our team out because I've loved this team's chemistry from the get go. You know, and I, I had I was worried that spreading our guys out was going to affect that, but in fact, in some weird way, it might have actually you know, throttled up the, the energy down there. So um, credit to those guys. We're, we're going to need that this weekend. William Mary is going to, they're going to be, they're going to be ready to play. It's their opening weekend. So we need to maintain that. Let me, um, I, I guess we can go with this. This is the athletic department just tweeted it out. So I guess this is, this is not, this is official, official. Uh, the athletic department has released a statement about updated attendance policies, including baseball. So I'm, I'm looking at, at here on, on official letterhead. This is what it says. Baseball. Due to the six-foot requirement between seating pods, the capacity at Hay Stadium has been set at 181 fans. The vast majority of that allotment will be for family members of 49ers baseball student athletes, as well as coaches, family, and guests. Per Conference USA guidelines, an allotment of tickets will be set aside for visiting teams for Conference USA games. Very limited remainder of seats will be distributed to students, online reservation required, and university guests, 
with priority given to Grand Slam club members. End quote. Yep. So there you go. Yep. That's that's from the athletic department moments ago. Yeah, which we told, I told our guys that um, these things were being worked out, and and um, you know we're just, we're going to follow the lead of, of our administrators who do just really unbelievable job in terms of you know on state guidelines and county guidelines, and um, you know it's just uh, making sure that we all we all do what's necessary to be safe because you know we need to make sure we need to make sure that our t's are crossed and our i's are dotted so we can keep playing you know at the end of the day that's 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 our main priority and um you know, our, you know it's exciting that we have more people in stands this weekend you know and, and not having to stand outside the fence and i know that was tough and um our whole coaching staff really appreciated all the, the family members and friends that that you know made the effort to you know if you couldn't couldn't even see home plate but they were trying to stand somewhere to see and um I just, uh, I mean, it means a lot to it means a lot to us to have the support of uh, family members and people close to the program and to do that. And if y'all want to go check that out, that's Charlotte 49ers retweeted or tweeted that that statement. I'm sure that's on the athletic department website. It includes information for men's and women's soccer, women's basketball and volleyball, softball um, students. You can get more information about how to request tickets. So there's there's and updated protocols. So that's all out there. Breaking news during Diamond Niners Weekly. All good stuff. It's it's the, re- the return, right? We're working our way back to normal. So if you want to go check out that statement, check that out. But there's going to be more people inside the haze this weekend. Official. Love it. How can you not love it? So I think where we're at, that, that kind of side of here, we got a few more guys that we need to highlight, Kevin, because so many people had good weekends um, and, and we don't want to leave him out. You want to take us through some of the other, the other top performers, because it's crazy as great as, as uh, uh, offensively and, and on pitching as well. I mean, you look at offense, I mean, Keiko and Knight were just, were just going nuts, but there were some guys that, that were below that, that had any other weekend would be like a top performance type weekend. It just so happened that it, in this weekend it was it was below those two guys. Yeah, I think we had eight homers on the weekend. So I mean, and when we were up up to number number two nationally in home runs at one point, uh, still I think we're in the top ten with with eight homers at at, at this point right now. So um, Palali had a homer, McCabe had a homer, Rafi had a homer. Um, all these guys had great offensive weekends. Um, Palali picked up where he did left picked off um, picked up where he left off last season after starting out hot and then uh, uh, McCabe he got his first home run as a Niner uh, that was great to see uh, Rafi he crushed one into uh, in that first game to lead us get us started with homers uh, for 49er homer of the season so uh, talk a little bit about the offense uh, coach and other guys that were standouts for the weekend. Yeah, it was pretty relentless. I mean, you know, we hit 343 on as a team. We, we our OPS was over a thousand. We slugged over 640 and had eight home runs and four for four of stolen bases. And um, you know, for I mean, I will say, you know, I think if you if you said the thing that we, you know, if we, we need to continue to, to do a better job on job on would be you know just to take 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 out of the zone chasing a little bit more than we wanted to with 29 punch outs. Um, you know, we walked 14 times. We want to be a little bit closer to one to one. So if we could, you know, if we could turn six of those walks into, you know, or six of those punch outs into walks and be more around that like 23 20 range, you know, after the weekend, um, probably chased a little bit more. But, um, you know, again, it just comes with some excitement and some eagerness, uh, especially when, you know, they seem to be seeing the ball well. So they're up there looking to hit. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, really complain as a coach. I mean, offensively, top to bottom, you know, there's a lot of guys that really performed well. And, um, again, whether they started or came off the bench, you know, that's there, there was a lot of really good things to be said. So it was good. Great seeing Carson Johnson back out there. I mean, Carson, um, you know, he had a – after last season, he had a he had a shoulder surgery and then and rehabbed that. So he was held out for most of the fall. So, um, you know, it was, it was really neat for us to see him back out there and, 
looked like he hadn't missed a beat. I mean, he was on base over 600 on the weekend. So, you know, all those runs, you know, Austin Knight's driving in, it's just because Carson Johnson's there on base for him each and every time. So, um, great to see him back out there, you know. Um, you know, again, just, I mean, top to bottom, it's really hard to highlight, you know, outside of Austin and Craig, it's really hard to highlight, you know, you know anybody else just because they were all really fantastic. And then, I mean, when you when you look at um, – which, by the way, we can count on that kind of offensive performance going forward, right, Coach? You're committing to that right now? That yeah. OPS. Niners fans should, should, should expect that each and every day. <laughs> hey, you know what? That'll work. <laughs> Switching back over to the to the pitching, I mean, we, we highlighted Andrew Lindsay, but, I mean, Christian Lothis, it was good to, to – I mean, this was really – uh, Lothus was, was dealing with some injury issues when we saw him last year. So this was like his first chance to really get out there and, and, and as a, as a Niner starter and have a, have a full go at it. And, uh, we saw Bryce McGowan who came out and, and did Bryce McGowan type things, uh, throwing, throwing fire. I think did, I know he hit 96 at one point. I don't know if he, if, it, if he got him on the gun any higher than that, but definitely saw 96. Yeah, we had him up so. seven. Um, but great to see both muscle his first appearance last year and he was right on the cusp of coming back when the season ended um so that was about to be a big shot in the arm uh for last year's team with him coming back um so you almost forget you almost forget how green he is really just because you know he's been i mean you know he was you know even prior to that appearance in the all fall and preseason he was one of our best pitchers last year and um you know he, he just had such a great fall for us in preseason you know, it's just kind of forget you forget that that's his only second college appearance. Uh, you can see the, the the pulse was a little fast there in the first inning, but once that pulse kind of slowed there in the second or third, I thought I thought his last inning um, he was stronger than the first. So you know I'm 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 anxious. I'm excited for him to carry that you know that pulse into this next outing. Um, you know I think he's just each time he's going to be out there he's going to be more comfortable. So that was that was great to see. And then same thing, same thing with Bryce. I mean, Bryce, Bryce looked like he had matured five years on the mound. Um, honestly, like he just, he just looked extremely poised, extremely calm. Didn't matter if there was runners in scoring position or, you know, he got squeezed on a call or whatever it may be. I mean, it just, he just looked really comfortable. Um, and that's a credit to him. He's worked extremely hard on the physical, both the physical side and the mental side. So, um, you know, it's it's our coaching staff loves our starting rotation. I mean, there's guys, you know, those three guys, and um, you know, there's other guys that could be very, you know, could very easily be, you know, be starters as well that we feel really good about. It's just kind of, um, you know, we don't we don't believe that we have a number one starter. We think we have multiple number ones, and you know, it's just we're just trying to, you know, try to put the pieces of the puzzle in place to try to give our team best chance to win each and every game as many games as we can. And to our guys' credit, they, they really understand that. You know, they really um, – their, their attitudes towards that, their mindset. I mean, you don't get extra points for winning game one of a series. You don't get – you know, you don't get less points for winning game three of a series. You know, game – they're worth the same. So, um, you know, I, I, for us, I felt, you know, after when Andrew did what he did game one, you know, it's a pretty good feeling rolling in the yard you knowing you got Christian Lucas on the mound, you know, at, you know, being 1-0 on the weekend. And then you get to 2-0 on the weekend, you got Bryce McGowan on the mound. Like, that's that's a really good feeling, going, you know, showing up to the yard. So, you know, I you know, I, I think not that we're trying to, like, reinvent anything like that, but, you know, I, I do think that, you know, we're not going to – we're we're not going to just tri- maybe, you know, pitch pitch – pitchers in an order based off of, you know, what's traditionally been done here. You know, we're going to look at the matchups. We're going to look at, you know, this, these guys like throwing, you know, throwing count schedules and, and, um, you know, just what we think gives us the best chance to, to win the series and win the game. There will definitely be some, some deep staffs that we come up against as the season goes on. But I mean, on, on average, I mean, Bryce McGowan on Sunday, there's, there's not, there's not going to be a whole lot of Bryce McGowan's on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, if teams stay, if teams stay with the traditional, you throw your best guy on Friday, and your second best on Saturday, your third best on, 
on Sunday, which, you know, some teams do, some teams don't. Then, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, there's not, I mean, it doesn't matter which day you throw Bryson down. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. There's not, there's, there's not too many guys out there better than him. So, you know, but I could say the same thing for CeeLo and for Andrew. So um, it's a special, it's a special starting group, you know, and, and there's some guys right there, you know, right there, like I said, we're going to play four game series. Somebody, we're going to give the ball to a, to a fourth starter. And we got a bunch of guys right there that, that, you know, we feel really excited about that as well. So um, it's a fun staff. It's a fun group um, for sure. It, it, it looks like a fun staff. I think you guys um, use 14 pitchers on the weekend. Um, and you mentioned Loth is looking green. Uh, we went to two. Uh, true freshmen on on, on opening day, uh, Geesting and, and Gus Hughes, and I thought they were very impressive uh, to make their first outing as a 49er as, as true freshmen. Uh, can you speak a little bit about the, the, the true freshmen, uh, their outings on Friday? Yeah, I mean, it was just really neat to see. Uh, I mean, for me, I always, I always can, I always like to try to get, you know, kind of the younger guys in there as soon as, as, soon as we can. It doesn't always work that way, and there's still some some young guys that we still want to try to get in there. But when you have an opportunity to get get some young guys in there, try to and, and um, you know, let them get acclimated with the environment. And there wasn't a whole lot of tiptoeing around, I'll tell you that much. I mean, Spencer, you know, Goose came in and, and was letting it rip and um, just did a fantastic job. Um, you know, in his first appearance, I think he was up to 94, and then Gus Hughes came in right after and, did what Gus did, which is, you know, just rip really good fastballs and good breaking balls. And, um, you know, I was just so impressed with their kind of their moxie and boys, you know, I mean, they, but I think a lot of it stems from how hard they work and how prepared they are. I mean, they're, they, they're, they're in that group of guys that went to St. Louis from, you know, all the way back in, it seems like forever ago, but, you know, from April to July or even August, they were training in St. Louis and they, got after it all fall and got after all preseason. You can just almost feel like they didn't feel like true freshmen. It felt like their clocks had been had started earlier, getting that, that training experience almost. So they, they've just um, really pressed our coaching staff, not only in their first outings, but the preseason. So is that, I mean, the situation on Friday, I mean, is that a conscious decision? In your part, in, in, a, in a, you're in a good spot. Let's get these, let's get these guys their first, their first appearance on the mound. In a, I mean, they're going to put enough pressure on themselves their first college appearance. But I mean, it was relatively low due to the offensive output. It's it's relatively low pressure situation for those guys. Yeah, no, we thought it was we thought it was a great opportunity for them to get in, and um, because you know that first appearance, you're, you know, whether it's a whether it's a twelve run game or it's a one run game. Um, your, your pulse is going to be so elevated and you're drilling. And we talk about that stuff and our guys, they, 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 you know, they have you know, the ability to, you know, to calm themselves when they need to. And some guys don't, some guys pitch better with that, with that, you know? So we talk about that too. Like if you're that guy that pitches with a high pulse, like you throw well with the high pulse, get your pulse to where it needs to get. If, you, if you're a guy with a, that pitches better with a low pulse, um, you know, then, then have the ability to get there. And I thought those guys did a tremendous job. And yeah, I just, I, I think anytime, you know, you can get young guys in the game sooner the better, um, you know, and just kind of let them get acclimated and build some confidence. I thought they did that. They did a tremendous job. Yes, they did. Uh, Coach, after, after three and O weekend, um, we got a little national recognition this weekend. Um, I know uh, D1 Baseball gave us a little bit of love. Uh, Craig Keichel and Lindsey got uh, were listed among the top performers on Friday. Knight and Palali were listed among top performers from Saturday. And uh, McGowan was listed on top performers from Sunday. And then earlier in the week, um, we were started. We were receiving votes in the uh, NCBWA poll uh, as far as others receiving votes. Uh, nice to see the national recognition starting. Um, uh, you want to give a few words about the the national recognition? No, I mean, uh, you know, it's for us, it's, I'm just happy for our guys. I mean, they deserve all the recognition um, that comes their way. Um, we certainly, 
you know, some certainly not things that we're really focused on or, or um, paying much attention to because, um, you know, everything that we do in this program is big picture. It's long term, you know, and, uh, you know, last weekend's already over. William and Mary, they don't care about last weekend. So, um, you know, we're already on to this weekend. Not, not to, I'm not, not trying to be Bill Belichick, but uh, <laughs> certainly not. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, we move on, we're moving on to this week. And, um, you know, we have, we have high aspirations for this program. Um, you know, it's always been, it's always been high here, but, you know, we, we have high aspirations here in terms of, you know, the, you know, the environments and the games, you know, that we want to be playing in and, and things we want to be going after. So, um, that's certainly nice, you know, but, um, you know, we still have much bigger, we have a lot more. We have a lot more, you know, you know, bigger, bigger things in front of us um, that we feel. We just got to keep doing. We've got to keep the blinders on and keep working like we are. All right, Coach. It's time for Ask Coach Woody. Scott. So, this week's question comes from, well, about everybody. Yeah, this was a this has been a popular source of of, of conversation. So we'd be curious to see your your take on it. So it's a trend in college baseball right now to relay sign information with numbers rather than the the hand signals yeah. that you see going on. Uh, this has led to players wearing these uh, number cards either on their wrist or 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 more predominantly like on their belt buckles. Mm-hmm. You know, which which works for Craig because he's from Texas. So wearing wearing you know something on a belt buckle just fits right in. Can you talk a little bit about how the Niners have adopted that calling system, and and say a little bit about how you guys are utilizing that? Because it does seem last season, I think we saw one team came in the haze doing it. Who who was that, Kevin? Was that VCU? Was utilizing VCU that early, yeah, VCU. Yeah, VCU early season was using that, and and now, and I'm sure there are many different variations of the of the system, but that seems to be a bigger thing now, and you're seeing it because these guys are wearing the they're wearing info sheets on them. Yeah, no. So like on the pitching side, you'll see our pitcher and catcher have a wrist card that'll that'll pretty much sync up and. Um, you know, Coach Mai and I work together on kind of our system. You know, in our system, we have six or seven zones. Um, so whatever, you know, in each of those zones is a different area where we want to try to play the pitch, whether it's, you know, um, you know, middle or glove side, arm side, above the zone, below the zone, extended away, extended in, whatever, you know, whatever those zones are, um, there's six or seven of them. Um, but then, you know, and then you've got pitch types, right? So then, so... Um, you know, F is four seam and two is two, T is two seam. And, um, you know, there's various other letters depending on the pitch type or that we want to have. And so basically you can just call a number that syncs to the grid. Very easy to find because, you know, there'll be, you know, if a number starts with zero, it's on this part of the grid. One, this part of the grid, it starts with two, it's on this part of the grid. So they know exactly where to go find it with their eyes. And then they can see, in that really small square, um, the first letter that signifies the pitch and then the location or zone that Coach Mai and I have uh, put together so that they know the pitch type and the zone that we're trying to look to throw it to and everybody's on the same page and we don't repeat numbers and we change cards out. So personally impossible for the other team to know what's coming or happening there on the pitching side. Is that really – is that ultimately what it's about, security? Yeah, I mean, teams that there's so much video, there's so much video now. I mean, um, you know, I can pull up a, I can pull up a William and Mary hitter right now, and I can watch if he's been in that program for three years. I can watch every at bat virtually for the last three years consecutively, from most recent to oldest. And you know, you can, you know, teams can do things where they, you know, they set the. You know, they can really pay attention to catcher signs, their touches, their numbers, their sequences, start to make notes, and you get a guy at second base, and the guys can relay. I mean, it's just it's just the way it works. Um, you know, so you can either you know you can either constantly change the number sign and, and hope that they don't have you know have them, or you can go with this system that's much more pick proof and um, 
we've just opted to go to go that as well. We also do it on the offensive side as well. So, um, you know, our position players, they all have most of them wear it on their belt on their belt buckle as well. Um, that's it's a little bit it's the same concept in terms of like every number that starts with a zero is in a, is in a column, and every number that starts with a one is in a column, and two all the way up to I think six. I think there's six total columns. Um, you know, but then you know the the sign that I that I give them, um, you know, because you know, Coach Coach Rob and B Rob and and Toby, you know, um, the three you know the three of us kind of have a system in place to where we can actually um, we can actually tell each other what we want to do from you know around whether it's um, I'm obviously not going to give that up but we have <laughs> I was going to say yeah do tell how's that work <laughs> we have ways of communicating you know what we want to do on a certain pitch um, you know or a certain hitter um, but at the end of the day you know our offensive our, our offensive signs is you know a lot of numbers the numbers that that, that come from me you know uh, it could be a physical play. It could be a mental cue or a mantra. Um, it doesn't, it could be nothing. Uh, so it doesn't always have to like, like not every number is a bunt or not every number is a hidden, you know, it's, uh, you know, it could, it, it could be a mentality. It could be, you know, like one of our numbers is good. Like, it's like, you just got, you know, like, in our, like I'll give that one a lot when, you know, if there's a, a pitch that's, you know, pretty clearly a ball that, that gets called a strike against one of our hitters, I'll give them good and just kind of like good, like next pitch. Um, so it's not always a physical sign, um, you know, and it's something that our coaching staff's worked to put together. And it's really simple and straightforward. And, um, you know, knock on wood, we haven't missed a sign yet in three games. So, uh, do Bo and Toby have call signs covered too? Uh, they're not on the walkies, so they don't. I think they need them. I mean, if they're not on the walkies, they just need. I mean, I feel like I mean, we need to work on that, Kevin. Old niner. Everybody calls him the old niner. Um, oh, trying to think of. You know, know, like you know, you like Smokey and the Bandit. You know, you had Bandit One. You know, and Bandit. I mean, that's that's Toby. You know, I don't know. It's just something to think <laughs> about. It's the kind of things we think about. Well, I think what what has got that um, what that what's got that on everybody's radar as far as the, the the numbers is there has been a lot more uses of them. And when you tune in and watch, which there's been a ton of college baseball on TV, by the way, college baseball fans. If if you're not if you don't have ESPN Plus, it's worth it. I mean, there's just been a ton of games on all week, frankly, because of all the delays and, and weather weather issues. There's been college baseball on about every night on ESPN Plus. But everybody's got these things, and and you know you're seeing players on the base paths like staring down at their belt buckle, and everybody's like, "Well, what what's going on with that?" So there you go. That's what the that's what the Niners are doing. And Coach Woody almost told you something he wasn't supposed to, but he stopped himself. So that's good. <laughs> you almost got too much information there. Uh, it's every every all co- all all coaches all teams they all interact with each other and help and that's something new. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a look at the week ahead, which is, as always, brought to you by the Charlotte 49ers Grand Slam Club. Uh, I'm not going to give you I'm not going to give you my classic read because I only really need to say two things. I have a testimonial to give. I got my gear this week and it's fan flipping tastic. I mean, some of my favorite Niner gear that I have now is it came in a box from UPS this week. So there's that. I mean, it's it's just awesome. The Grand Slam Club, and I'm and we're seeing a lot of people on Twitter uh, send out pictures of stuff that they've gotten. So go check our feed, stuff we retweet. So that's that's a personal testimonial. It's yeah. just, just awesome, awesome gear came this week. And by the way, did you hear me earlier when I said that there's limited tickets and they're going by Grand Slam Club? So there you go. what else are you waiting on? <laughs> okay, if you want to go to baseball games. Join a Grand Slam club. Simple as that, right? Yep. Not hard. All right. So, no read, just testimonial. It's out there. Grand Slam club. Awesome. Make stuff happen. Get in there. Um, the Niners are going to be hosting William & Mary, the Tribe, this weekend. Three-game series. So, the weather has uh, adjusted this around. So, it's a doubleheader on Saturday, starting at 3. So, make your plans accordingly. 
Uh, doubleheader starting at three and the conclusion on Sunday at one uh, William and Mary, not a lot of Intel on them this season because they did not play last weekend and they did not have a midweek game. So this is their season opener. They were eight and nine last year before the season canceled. Uh, and they're rolling in here, looking to get their season started in a big way. And coach, you're looking to disappoint them. Yeah, no, I mean, William and Mary is Coach Murphy's two-time CAA Coach of the Year. Um, they're, they're always well-coached. They're always fundamental. They're all, you know, they've, been, they've been to multiple regionals here in the last decade. So um, it's going to be it's gonna be another really good test. Um, I think they've got virtually their whole lineup back, except for um, you know, maybe one guy. Um, it is a predominantly right-handed lineup that we're going to see. Um, but they all have a ton of the bats under their belt and, uh, they can all really run. And I think they had 23 stolen bases last year, um, in 17 games. So we're going to have our work cut out for us when it comes to, um, you know, trying to pitch it, pitch at the same level we did last weekend. And, um, you know, um, Aaron's certainly going to be tested behind the plate on our pitching staff on trying to shut down that run game. So, um, you know, it's 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 going to be a good test. William and Mary always is a really good team. So, and 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 you just shut it down whenever you're ready. But uh, what what can fans look for you with uh, with your rotation? I don't you know don't tell us any secrets. But you think it looks we, we we're going to say the same, or might we might fans see some changes? Yeah, no. Um, I guess it's it's good to say we um, look, the plan right now is to go with. Um, Andrew Lindsay, game one of the doubleheader, and we'll go Bryce McGowan, game two of the doubleheader. Um, we're going to go TBD on Sunday. Um, so that's what, that's what we can expect for right now, and we'll go from there. That's, uh, that's a nice doubleheader. Yeah. Coach, um, have you gotten a, a scout report on uh, Jacob Haney? Uh for those of you who don't know, it's uh, Chris Haney, former Niner legend. His son, uh, Jacob, is a pitcher for William & Mary, and um, and he's coming to town this weekend. I should have I should have a decent scout report, at least just being that uh, my mom actually, my mom uh, was, was, was Jacob's dad's third-grade teacher. My mom taught Chris <laughs> uh, when he was in the third grade, and then at your point, he, he went on to be – one of the best players in our, in our program's history. I think he played 13 or 14 years in the big leagues. And um, his dad, Larry Haney, was in Major League Baseball, I think, for 45 years. And granddad was, you know, it's just the number of the number of years in Major League Baseball the Haney family has is incredible. And, um, you know, he, he was a not only a pitcher for us here at Charlotte, but he was a two-way player, too. And he could really hit. Um, I think a lot of people forget that. Um, so, um, I have a missed phone call from him. Actually, I've got to call him after after um, we get off of here. So, if Chris, if you are listening, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you after after uh, I get done with the podcast. But um, but back to Jacob. I mean, you know, he's he's a really he's a really good right handed pitcher. That's um, he's got a lot of innings under his belt there at William Mary, and I'm sure we'll see him at some point here um, pitching you know, at his dad's alma mater, which would be you know, I'm sure pretty, you know, pretty special for. If Jacob throws anything like his like his old man, I hope he takes the weekend off. Yeah, we'll be in trouble. That was pretty good. He might like he might need some time to study for an upcoming midterm or something. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be something he could do, right? But that'll be cool. That's a cool moment, really. I mean, I know the whole family is is excited about that. Just just having him back in town for one thing, but then to have him have him on the same on the same mound as dad pitched on. Pretty cool. So after that, so we got that three game set. Now we're gonna we're gonna have our first midweek before we we talk again. So next Tuesday, headed to UNCG, uh, going up to Greensboro, four o'clock on Tuesday. They're off to a pretty good start. Uh, they they were off to a good start last year, uh, but three and one on the on this young season. Yeah, I mean, Coach uh, Billy Godwin's our head coach. Um, Longtime East Carolina head coach and, and scout for the New York Yankees, so um, he's one of the best baseball men in, in North Carolina and certainly in the region. And, uh, you know, so 
they're they're always going to be really good. Um, they've got a lot of their hitters back. I think they just they, they beat NC State on Tuesday night, in the thirteen came back. They were down seven to nothing uh, in that game at one point, and then, and then stormed back and ended up winning. Um, you know, pretty high score game. So, um, yeah, I'll you know we'll take a closer look at UNCG once we get you know done with, with um, William and Mary, but. You know, it's that time of year. I mean, we're, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're in a hotbed of you know good college baseball. There's there's not going to be there's not going to be an easy opponent on our schedule. I mean, it's just really high level baseball everywhere you look. And um, um, this weekend with William and Mary, and next week with um, you know, UNCG and Western Carolina is no different. Did you happen to see any video from that UNCG State game, particularly the ending? Which part? Which part of it? Um, the 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 guy they brought in to close it out, the pitcher when he when he got the when he got the final out, the the strut that he employed off the mound on the way to the dugout. Was, I, frankly, I thought he was going to hurt himself. Frankly, <laughs> it was Bauer esque. It was Bauer esque for sure. I think college baseball players all over the country are just they they've got they've got so much competitiveness and adrenaline you know, built up from the last 11 months, you know, I mean, I think, I think pretty much all, all coaches understand, understand it at this point. We're just, you know, it's great. It's great seeing guys out there competing, getting after it. Yeah, it, it was, it, Bauer-esque, that's good. It, it was, I mean, it was fun to watch. I mean, yeah, he's fired up. I mean, heck, like you said, everybody's fired up. They have all that pent up, pent up energy yeah. from, from last season. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to start. We're going to start wrapping this thing up um, and and winding down. We did track, and we're going to we're going to stay on top of this all all year. We did track some Conference USA scores because we always want to take a look at what the league's doing. Normally, we get in a little later in the year. We start talking about RPI and strength of schedule and stuff like that with the league. Way too early to talk about that. Uh, the league was 21, 21 and twelve uh, after last night's game, so that's not a not a bad start, but. I'd say right now the 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 key the, the the key attention getter anyway was was Florida Atlantic getting two out of three from from Central Florida, um, and you know they're always going to be there. Um, but what you saw, really, the theme of the weekend besides FAU um, was canceled games, uh, postponed games, and it wasn't it wasn't COVID, folks. It was it was weather. <laughs> It was it was snow. <laughs> a lot of a lot of games in Texas got postponed and moved around and stuff like that uh, because of the weather. But we'll keep an eye on that. We'll talk more about about the league as we go. But um, Florida Atlantic kind of kind of carried the carried the banner for the uh, for the for the league this first week with those sort of those I guess highly prized scalps on the board. Um, we'll take a look at more of that, but um, it's going to be. It's going to be a murderer's row. We know that. Yeah, and they, I mean, you know, Coach McCormick, he's been there a long time. I think he's been there for, gosh, I think 30, if not 30-plus years, and um, um, got to know him really well in the last the last two years. And, um, you know, for him to say that, I think they're a freshman hitter that hit two grand slams. For, I mean, they, he said prior to the season starting, uh, I think I read that he stated that, that that was the best freshman hitter he had ever he's ever coached. To say that before the season and to have that start behind it, pretty incredible. You know that's going to be you know, that's going to be a heck of a series for us. Um, and this year they're always really good. And Southern Miss, they're you know I think they've got you know they had a they had a starter go six innings and punch out thirteen guys. I think he was the, the Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. And um, but that's Conference USA baseball. I mean it's it is. Uh, it's dog eat dog, and and um, I know I didn't get a close look at it last year because right before our our first conference series was when our season was canceled. But um, you know, being in it now here year two, gotten you know gotten time to kind of study and, and look at the league and the teams, and uh, it's it's an impressive league. And I'm you know we'll we'll, we'll get deeper as Jet to your point. We'll get there in about four or five weeks from now. We'll be in the thick of it. Yeah, you're you're going to get a look at them. You're you're going to get a very good look at them. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling positive about getting through, getting through this. It's good, good stuff. 
All right, folks, we're going to start wrapping this up. We'll talk much more about Conference USA as we get some more games under our belt. And we've got more Niner baseball coming up uh, this weekend at the Hayes with, sounds like, with some fans in the stands. So, all good stuff. Exciting. Um, we will take a moment to, uh, to thank some folks and uh, the Grand Slam Club members, the folks that support the, support the program and do so much. Um, our support staff, by the way, who did put in, has put in a lot of work. Um, we know, we don't talk about these guys hardly ever, but, um, the field conditions last weekend ended up being fantastic. Cass and his staff, um, did a lot of work on getting just not only on the baseball diamond, but the softball field and the soccer field. You've got some people working behind the scenes a lot of hours to make all this stuff happen. They don't get a lot of credit. So Cass and his whole staff want to give them a shout out as well. Um, so, and I know they got another big weekend coming up with all the facilities. So Cass and his crew, great job. Appreciate you. We also appreciate all of you guys for tuning in for some Charlotte 49ers baseball talk. Uh, we love hearing from you folks. Feel free to reach out. You can find us at Diamond Niner, Diamond Niner Report on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, although, like I told you last week, Kevin no understands Instagram, and I don't. So reach out to Kevin on, on the gram. You can also email us. <laughs> you can find our information. We've also got the blog site up at Diamond Niner Report.com. Or if you're old-fashioned like us, when you see us out at a baseball game or somewhere, just come up and say hello. Look for this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, all that good stuff. You can find this podcast and more all there. Make sure to subscribe in order to be notified when we post new content. Coach Woody, last word to you. No, I just, um, to all the, all the friends and family members, you know, people close to the program just again i can't thank everybody enough for all the support behind the scenes and, and being as patient and as flexible uh as everyone has been um it, i can assure you that uh it has translated to our players and they have been incredibly patient and incredibly flexible um as well with everything that you know they, they have to go through on a daily basis to ensure that we get to play so i just Thank everybody. Thank everybody, you know, listening that's really close to our program for, for all of your support. And I'm looking forward to seeing as many as possible uh, at the stadium here this weekend and moving forward. All right. We've, we're getting ready to put another week of Niner baseball in the books. Could not be more excited. Let's get this thing going. I'm Nick for Kevin, producer Brad, Coach Woody. This has been Diamond Niners Weekly. And, hey, it sounds like at some point in the very near future, we're going to be seeing you at the Hayes. Yeah.